Hello and welcome back to the Dante in a Year podcast. My name is Danny Fitzpatrick. Today we're diving into Dante's Inferno, Canto 20, which means that we are one-fifth of the way through the Divine Comedy. It also means that we get to meet Michael Scott. So, for fans of The Office, you'll get to have an extra chuckle out of that today. Dante's Inferno, Canto 20. Of new pain I must now make verses, and give matter to the twentieth canto of the first canzone, which concerns the submerged. I was now also much disposed to regard the discovered depth, which was bathed in anguished weeping, and I saw people come through that round valley, keeping quiet and weeping at the pace that makes litanies in this world. As my sight descended deeper among them, each appeared to be marvelously twisted about the chin and the chest, for the faces were turned to the backs, and it suited them to come backwards, since to see ahead was taken from them. Now perhaps by force of palsy one of all people could be so twisted, but I haven't seen it, nor do I believe it could be. If God lets you, reader, take fruit of your reading, Think now for yourself how I could have kept my vision dry when I saw so near our image so twisted that the tears of the eyes bathed the buttocks down through the cleft. Certainly I cried, resting on a crag of the hard rock, so that my escort said to me, Are you still foolish as the rest? Here lives piety when it's well dead. Who is more wicked than he who involves divine judgment with passion? Lift your head, lift it, and see him for whom the earth opened at the eyes of the Thebans, at which they all cried, Where do you rush, Amphiaris? Why leave the war? And he didn't rest from rushing into the vale until he'd come to Minos, who seizes one and all. Marvel at the chest made of the shoulders. Because he wished to see too far forward, he looks behind and goes a backward way. See Tiresias, who changed semblance when he went from male to female, so changed in all his members. And first, then, it fell to him to beat the two snakes once more with his wand, that he might have back his masculine plumes. Aaron's is that who backs to that one's belly, who in the mountains of Luni, where the Carareze work who dwell below, lived there in a cave among the white marble, out of which he saw the stars and the sea without his vision being cut off. And that one who covers up her breasts so that you don't see them with the scalloped tresses and has every plumed place on that side was Manto, who searched many lands, after which she placed herself there where I was born. Here it pleases me that you listen a bit. After her father had exited life and the city of Bacchus came to slavery, this one passed a great time about the world. Up in lovely Italy lies a lake, at the foot of the Alps that edge Germany, around Tyrol, that bears the name Benaco. With a thousand fonts, I think, and more, are bathed the space among Garda and Valcomonica and Penino by the water that stands in that lake. There is a place in its midst that the pastors of Trent and that of Brescia and Verona would sign with the cross if their journeys came near. There sits Peschiera, strong and lovely fortress to affront the Brescians and the Bergames, where the shore most descends all around. 
There it comes that all cascades that can't stay in Benaco's womb, and goes rushing down through verdant pastures. As soon as the water courses away, it is no more Benaco, but is called Mincho until Governolo, where it falls into the Po. It holds no great course before it finds a level in which it spreads itself into a swamp, and at times it turns wretched in summer. Passing there, the cruel virgin saw land in the midst of the marsh, uncultured and nude of inhabitants. There, to flee every human consort, she stayed back solely with servants to practice her arts, and she lived and there left her vain body. The people then that spread all about collected themselves in that place, for it was strong by the marsh that parted it from all. Their city rose over those dead bones, and for her who chose the place first, it was called Mantua without other spells. Once the people within were more numerous, before the madness of Casalori received Pinamonte's deceit. So I assign to you that if you ever hear my land originating otherwise, let nothing false defraud the truth. And I, Master, your reasonings are to me so certain and so take my faith that the others would seem to me spent coals. But tell me, of these people proceeding, if you see no single one deserving note, for my mind returns to them alone. So he said to me, that one who gives the beard from his throat and onto his brown shoulders was, when Greece was so devoid of men that those few remained in the cradles, an augur, and the one at the point with Calchas in Aulus who said to trim the first rope. Eurypylus was his name, and so my high tragedy sings him in another place. You know it well who know all. That other who's so small in the flanks was Michael Scott, who truly knew the game of lying magic. You see Guido Bonatti, you see Asdente, who wishes he'd attended his cowskin and his string, but repents too late. You see the sad ones who abandoned the needle, the spool, and the spindle, and made themselves diviners. They make malice with herbs and with images. But come now, for already Cain and his spines hold the confines of both hemispheres and touch the waves below Seville and already the night last was the moon round. Well, you ought recall, for it did you no harm any time through the deep wood. So he spoke to me, and together we went on. Thanks for joining me for another episode of the Dante in a Year podcast. See you Friday for Dante's Inferno, Canto 21.